I'm Su-Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, this is the last weekend Broncos fans will have to – I mean, it's July, so suffer is a relative term. But the last weekend that Broncos fans will have to suffer without something happening on the field to talk about, to watch, to break down, look forward to. Yeah, uh, I was going to say this is the last Sunday, even though the Broncos will have Sundays off during training camp. It's the last Sunday without football activities going on or football season in full swing. And that's what today is from this point forward until, you know, mid-February. It's NFL time, baby. And let's ride. You know, it's Broncos time. It feels good, dude. I don't know. This has felt like to me, I don't know why it might be. And I'm curious to, to find out if anyone in the audience feels the same way, too, but for some reason, and I'm not certain of what that reason is, this has felt to me like the longest offseason I've ever covered. Do you, have you felt that? Um, I felt that way about the six-week break. I was actually saying that to someone the other day, that this usually it goes by pretty fast, but this one has dragged on uh, fairly long. And I think it's the same answer to your question, Chad. It's because we're all so excited to see a formidable Broncos team led by a formidable quarterback and coaching staff. So, yeah, that's why it's felt longer. You know, it's like Christmas morning, waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it, and soon enough we'll be waking up and unwrapping those presents. I mean, you could think back to 2020 when at this time, well, maybe by this time we had some answers, but by the time the Broncos hit the six-week break, heck, we weren't even sure if there was going to be a season because of the pandemic. Like, nothing was set in stone. And, in fact, until they got things rolling – and the season actually began, could our eye, could we believe what our eyes were telling us? Even that off season pales in comparison to 
just how much of a grind this one has been. But what has helped us get through that grind is you guys. So shout out to each and every one of you for joining us tonight. We got Dylan throwing down early. Make sure you like and subscribe. Appreciate the reminder on that, my friend. Quan, Dale, what's going on, big dog? Uh, let's see here. We've got Jay. We got Jeff. The Duchess is in the hizzy always. It, I don't know if it's a Mile High Huddle podcast if the Duchess is not in the chat. What's going on, Michaela? Um, yeah, so let's dive into some content here. Zach, over the weekend, I wrote up a piece that, in my opinion, kind of fleshes out what's the biggest question surrounding the Denver Broncos entering training camp. And it's not Russell Wilson, although, you know, it's associated, it's adjacent to Russell Wilson. It's even not even the coaching staff, which is a question. It's not the question in my mind, though, Zach. It is the offensive line. And we've talked about how this, <coughs> pardon me, collection of, uh, of talent is, at least in my opinion, the best that Russell Wilson's played behind since the Seattle Seahawks kind of Super Bowl years, which was, believe it or not, almost a decade ago. But the reason it becomes a question is even though the talent's there, all but one spot on the offensive line is solved, right? Everything everything is up in the air, left guard, center. Maybe maybe Cushenberry, you know, is it's his job to lose type thing, but right guard, right tackle. Bowles is the only position that is locked in stone. And when you have a bona fide franchise quarterback coming to town and a guy that's been to nine Pro Bowls in 10 years, like that's just something that needs to get solved ASAP so that, Number one, you know who's going to be blocking for him. Number two, he can start building chemistry with these guys. Yeah, you know, we talked about this on the radio show last week, uh, the biggest question mark, and you mentioned offensive line, and I broke it down even further because it's not just one question. It's collectively four questions. Who's playing right tackle? Who's playing right guard, center, left guard? We just know left tackle, and that's Garrett Bowles. But until then, all these positions are up in the air, and it's a game of musical chairs. And only one person sat down so far, and that's Mr. Eric Bowles. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Greg, what's going on, my friend? You have become near and dear to our hearts in a relatively short period of time. So appreciate that super Thank chat, you, buddy. Greg. Very generous of you. Does help us keep the lights on, especially with the amount of time and dedication and hours and creative juice we put into to our, our podcast, man. It really helps out. So thank you, Greg. Yeah, thank you for sure. And uh, we got Howie freaking day popping in the freaking building tonight. Appreciate you, Howie, as always. Oh, my God, the season can't start soon enough. Sup, fellas, and hashtag Broncos country. Let's ride. As always, appreciate you, Howie. And the sentiment is definitely shared by both of us. Um, and we got Michaela Bomb, baby, $49.99. Thank you so much, Michaela. Always seeing the magenta pop up. Magenta Michaela. I think that's the association we're going for here. But Michaela says... Are we ready for some football? Let's ride. Who is a new Bronco you most looking forward to seeing? Mm. Well, Russell Wilson is number one. Um, and uh, Randy Gregory, I think, is the second best option if he plays, which I think he will. But I'm really excited for DJ Jones, honestly. like What he can do in the middle of the interior, working next to Draymond Jones, uh, stopping the run for the Broncos was a huge problem last year in the Vic Fangio scheme. They were gashed up the middle. He can also get after the passer. I'm just – no one's talking about him, Chad. Him and Kwan Williams in the secondary. Those two additions went under the radar, so I want to see what DJ brings to the table. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. <clears throat> Randy Gregory, DJ Jones. I mean, Russell goes without saying, but – and Michaela, thank you. Love you. Appreciate you so much. For me, uh, I'm going to throw out there Nick Benito, and not just because Ooh, it's the low-hanging fruit and he was Denver's first draft pick of this particular class. But because 
you know, he's an intriguing young guy. You know, he's been compared at times. Some of his traits, this isn't like a one-for-one -one comparison. He's been compared with some of his twitch and bendiness to Vaughn Miller. And with how excited, Zach, I mean, you and I, when we were at the draft and that pick came in, we're like, hmm, really? Nick Benito, okay. But then you watch the behind the Broncos or whatever they called that behind the scenes. Uh, they were stoked, dude. It was like they just landed on the moon. Like they were stoked to land Nick Benito. So, you know, we've here at Mile High Huddle, we've all dived back into the tape to try and figure out why they love this kid so much. And it's become more and more apparent. But even still, I can't wait to see him on the grass, see how it shakes out. Because, you know, Gregory's hurt. Chubb, you can't until he proves it. You can't really count on him being available for 17 games. So all of a sudden, Zach, those guys behind the top two become all the more scrutinized, all the more important. You know, you want to spend some time figuring out what you really got there because, the only guy that's relatively proven where you feel confident what you, what, what you have is Malik Reed, and that's nothing to really write home about. Yeah, Jonathan Cooper is also injured as well, or he was dealing with an injury in OTAs. So, yeah, that position group is kind of up in the air behind the locked-in starters. My reaction to the Benito pick was a little more graphic, I think, than yours, Chad. It's not for public consumption, but as the Broncos, essentially their first-round pick, their first pick after the Russell Wilson trade, he better make an impact. With whatever snaps he's given as a pure pass rusher, he better make an impact. So that's one guy for sure that's uh, both intriguing and uh, also a wild card. Yo, it's the Boise man jumping in. It's great to see you, my friend. This is a super chat superstar that's been with us for a long, long time. And even though it's I, it's been a minute since I've seen you in the chat, dude, it's like uh, an old buddy pulling up a seat to the bar. So welcome. Appreciate you, Boise, man. Thank you for that super chat, big dog. Almost football time, he says. Finally catching a live. Got to show some love. Zach, get me on the list for fantasy this year. If you need help running the league, um, your guy, hashtag Broncos country. Zach, that might not be a bad idea to uh, <laughs> conscript somebody to help out because our plate just got a yeah. lot more full with this new radio show, which we kicked off last week. Yeah, I was going to say that. I ran the league last year, and it was a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. So, Boise, uh, if you're interested in running the league, we're going to definitely have one at MHH, but if you want to be commish, hit us up at uh, milehuddle at gmail.com, and uh, I'll uh, link back with you. Travis Weber. What's going on, big dog? Hey, by the way, I got a notification from the provider that the hat that's on your way for the Apple podcast uh, June giveaway, there was some kind of a delay on the availability. You're going to be like another week or so out from getting it. Just FYI, big dog. It's great to see you. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Broncos country. Ready for the season? Let's ride. Prayers to the Texans rookie receiver. Zach, tell people what's happening there. Yeah, John Mechie. Um, has leukemia. I think it's acute, some form of acute leukemia, and uh, he's going to be out uh, for the 2022 season. That doesn't, and, you know, the football doesn't matter. It's about his health. I, the best wish, wishes to John Mechie and his family. I hope they get through this uh, this issue. And uh, F cancer, Chad, F cancer. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. What I was encouraged reading about it, though, was that he's like, perfectly confident that he's going to beat it yeah. that it's a beatable they caught it at a stage where it's like yeah this you know it's going to be a speed bump i doubt i'll play football this year because i got to worry about chemo and all the stuff that goes into that god bless him so yeah strength power as he gets through that uh god bless him yeah for sure best wishes hope you get well soon man uh let's see we've got also throwing down jeff with a super chat very generous you, my jeff. friend Really appreciate that. And, Jeff, it's not just the Super Chat. 
yeah, big love for that. But you're in the chat just about every night, dude. So your consistency, your dedication, your passion, we do appreciate that, big dog. And we'll keep an eye out for any topics that you throw in the chat. Uh, Howie again in the freaking house saying, what rookie do you think will shine first yeah. in camp and who will struggle the most coming from college to the pros, Zach? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, that's like a Ron Dub question. Makes you think, I'm going to go rookie to shine. Honestly, I'm going to go with a bit of a wild card here. I'm going to say Damari Mathis because there's a path to immediate playing time for Mathis in that secondary. He looked pretty good at OTAs. The Broncos really were high on him, and they got him as a steal in the fourth round, Chad. He's probably a third-round uh, prospect to most teams. So, yeah, I'm going to say he makes an impact in the secondary. Struggling player, coming from college to the pros, it's so hard to transition from tight end. So I feel like Greg Dulcich already being behind Alberto and a couple other veterans are also competing for snaps. I think he's going to have a tough transition in the first half of the season, but by the second half, I think he can get some playing time and maybe unseat Alberto. It might not be very top level to uh, quote our friend Jake Marsing, but I'm going to go ahead and select <laughs> Montrell Washington, the fifth round rookie. Why? Because look, man, you're going to see a slog probably, initially from Nick Benito as he figures out how to kind of crack the lineup. Rookie tight ends really struggle to flash in training camp because they're mostly getting screamed at to hone their blocking technique. Maybe it's one of the corners. Maybe it's uh, Uazarike, the defensive lineman. But I'm picking Washington because KJ's still going to be kind of easing back. KJ Hamler, the wide receiver that's recovering from a knee injury. And I think Washington's going to be that speed demon guy that you might get to see and hear some oohs and ahs and some wows in training camp as you show up starting on Wednesday to, to see it all unfold. That's a really great shout. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm pretty high on Washington. I know people are writing him off because he was a fifth-round pick and he's a special teams guy, but if the Broncos can rectify what they didn't do with Isaiah McKenzie with Montreal Washington, I'd be so happy to see that. Well, plus, man, like he's on a an, an initial basis with Russell Wilson. You know, M-Dub, I think he called him at one of the uh, press conferences. Yeah. So when a fifth-round relative – I mean, this isn't just a fifth-round rookie like, you know, played at Georgia or – now this dude, like you couldn't even find any tape on this cat outside of one game. And he, so it's not like he brought all that much, you know, cachet to the table as a rookie, but Russell Wilson noticed him really, really fast. So I think that that's going to be um, – that's going to come out in the wash when you get to training camp. Michael, it's good to see you, bro. Appreciate you being in the chat with us tonight, my friend. Phil as well. Great to see you. Yes, dude, training camp with some huge stars, by the way, from Phil. Thank you, Phil. Love you, buddy. He says, uh, training camp soon. Let's ride and go Broncos. That's right, dude. Here we sit on a Sunday night. Tomorrow, nope, sorry, no training camp. The next day, sorry, no training camp. But the day after that, training camp, dude. So it's going to be here before you know it. And then – God bless Greg, them, wow. the football gods. We get, uh, we're off to the races. Greg, number two, Magenta, you, number two tonight, dude. He's trying to prove that this, he's a bona fide MHH super chat superstar. Gregory, you're working your way there, dude. Thank you. Very, very generous. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. And, you know, you talk about training camp starting on Wednesday, but player uh, rookies and vets are reporting on Tuesday. So we'll have some sort of content coming out of Dove Valley chat. You know, radio silence mm -hmm. is almost over, and I can't wait for that period to end. Oh, dude. Yes. Bad. GLP. What up, bro? He says, good afternoon. Shopping for a ticket to the Niners game. Go Broncos. Let's ride indeed, dude. Yeah, we're going to be there. It's going to be dope. 
GLP, if we get to hang out with you for, and, and meet you and shake your hand, look you in the eye, week three, that's going to be so cool, man. That would be something we'll very much look forward to. So hope you're able to make it, big dog. Yeah, Gary, if you can, uh, like we said last year, if you can make it out there, just so we can thank you in person for what you've done for the podcast, for the brand, how uh, supportive you've been. I hope you can make it out and uh, we get that experience. Albert Knoppers, he of the uh, podcast guesting fame. He joined, of course, Kim Becker on Beckoning the Broncos last week, and that was a fun listen. So appreciate you doing that, Albert. He says, a lot of writers don't think the Broncos are going to be good because everything is new and not predictable, but being unpredictable makes us dangerous. Yeah, that's a big reason why. It's also, you got to remember, five years of kind of waves of hype. There was there was hype uh, 2016, even though Peyton had retired because you still had the Super Bowl 50 defense. 2017, not so much. 2018, hype kind of returned in the form of, hey, we threw some money at a quarterback by the name of Case Keenum. Oops, welp. And then 2019, Mile High Joe. Let's not forget Zach, the legend, Mile High Joe. And Can we Drew Locke. It? But you get these little waves of hype, right? And the Broncos just never could come through on their end for that. And so I think in large part, it's a big, you know, the national perspective. They're just like, look, we'll believe it when we see it. But, dude, when your quarterback is 33, 34, going to be, and he's a nine-time Pro Bowler and 10 years in the league, and he's only missed the playoffs as a starter for a decade twice you got to give the denver broncos i know it's a tough division zach but even the most skeptical analyst out there you got to give the broncos some some uh some props yeah i mean the Broncos they're not the browns in outsiders eyes or the texans but they've been a laughing stock i mean realistically since peyton manning and what have the broncos been known for chad in the last five seasons it would be that quarterback carousel that played during every single broncos game showing the uncertainty and instability under center and they haven't been relevant and when you're not relevant no one cares about you people write you off people think you're jokes uh, my response is, Albert, who cares what these writers think? Who cares who who predicts the Broncos to do what? We know, and we cover the Broncos. We know the Broncos better, and we know they're going to be better than anything we've seen since Peyton Manning. We know that Russ and Hackett look like the real deal, and the hype surrounding this team is legitimate, not phony. Can I can I just real quick grab this from tra uh, Trap and Dirty Case Keesum? That was oh, indeed the worst omen, right? It was just like a bad harbinger when – the GM goes to introduce the big new high dollar quarterback free agent signing and he mispronounces the name. Now, John Elway is known for being kind of tongue tied at times, you, you know, so like you forgive him for it. That's just kind of who he is, really, really kind of stumbles over. I want to thank, uh, first thing I want to do is thank John Elway. I mean, John Fox, <laughs> you know, little things like that. Like he's just, he's just not a, you know, he's probably a good salesman, but in terms of public speaking, you know, he, he can kind of fumble things. But, Zach, that was just the worst omen. When he did that, I went, I winced. I definitely winced. Yeah, a little too many, one too many rum and cokes, I think, for John before that presser. But it wasn't a good sign. We should have known by then that it wasn't going to work out with Case Keenum. But uh, it's in the past now. It's all that matters. Good for you, bud. Good for you, bud. <laughs> hey, seriously, John Elway's a legend. Love John Elway. Respect the man that brought you three world championships. Uh, but also, you know, hey, time to turn the page. Right, Jason Boland? Jumping in. Appreciate that super chat. Thank you. Longtime listener. Been with us for many, many moons. And he's on every single podcast when I jump in to look at the chat and look at the comments. Jason's always in there yakking it up with the host. So 
Appreciate you, buddy. He says, one week from right now, I'll be arriving in Denver with my boys for training camp. Cannot wait. Keep up the great work. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, go Broncos. That's cool, man. Good for you, buddy. Hope you have a great time. Yeah, that's awesome. Training camp's going to be live this year. You know, with Nathaniel Hackett's personality and music coming back to the to the training center, Chad, unlike in the Vic Fangio years, it's going to be like Woodstock every day out there for Broncos uh, practice. Yeah, people are like, hey, let's get excited and go to training camp. And they're there and they're like, why is this energy like we're at a funeral or something? Like, what's happening right now? Yeah, it's good, good, good new energy that's coming into Dove Valley. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. You might even, Jason, get the uh, privilege of seeing a Nathaniel Hackett take a handoff or something from Russell. Hey, you might even see him playing some off-ball linebackers, uh, chasing a Javante Williams for craps and gigs. You never know with this cat. You never know. You might see him breakdance like he did in the past. That was his <laughs> you know, previous non-football forte. So anything can happen at Broncos HQ. We have a top rope super chat from one of the top rope wow. members of our community. She is known as the queen. Probably needs no introduction from wow. us, but we shall because, hey, the channel keeps growing. Uh, 16,000 subscribers. This is the queen. This is Christy throwing down. If you were to peer through the clouds and try and cast your gaze on the MHH Mount Rushmore of Super Chat Superstars, Christy's face would be one of the first etched up in the stone. So the queen, we love you. Thank you so much, Christy. You know, Chad, you mentioned it's not a, a pod without Michaela. Well, it's really not a pod without Christy. She goes, you know, all yep. the way back. She's been a supporter from day one, ride or die. Love you, Christy. Thank you so much. She says, hope you all are well and enjoying your evening. It's getting close, friends. Let's go. Closer by the day, Christy. We are within days away, hours, if you boil it down that way, to Broncos training camp, and I can't wait. And then when you get both Christy and Michaela in the same chat throwing down, it's like, okay, hey, normal you know normalism we're returning to normal yeah. we're getting back to Seriously. what it means to be at mile high huddle and have fun talking about the broncos we're getting out of this desert so zach let's get back to some content for a second here and guys we will keep grabbing your questions and comments um chase wellner we'll, we'll grab your comment about christopher allen all right but first i told you what my biggest question is zach uh, surrounding the Broncos or one of the big questions anyway, what do you have? What's something that's kind of eaten at you that you're looking to see some resolution this summer? You hit the nail on the head with the offensive line. Um, I can be specific and non-specific. I'll start specifically. The secondary kind of scares me. I'm, I'm not, and not really at safety so much, but cornerback. And only if what happens, because you need so many corners nowadays, what happens though, if Ronald Darby goes down, is Ojemudia going to step up to a starting role? I mean, you're relying on kind of bottom of the roster players who are either inexperienced or unproven. So ideally, I'd like to see that next cornerback step up. That's why I have such high expectations for Damari Mathis. But non-specifically, just the, the newness. Albert mentioned that in his comment, the newness of everything. We all are excited about Hackett and Russell Wilson, everybody else, and for good reason. We think it'll lead to positive results. But on paper, it's still a new head coach, new quarterback, new yeah. OC, new DC, new special teams coordinator, new owner. There are so mm -hmm. many new moving parts going on yeah. with the Broncos right now. So that's why when people are saying championship, that might take a year before everything molds and melds together. The first year might be just uh, working everything out, working out the Kings, getting on the same page and uh, firing on all cylinders, whenever that may happen. I think that's more than fair. If you want to try and find the threads 
You know, I've talked a lot about how I'm getting 2012 vibes when Peyton Manning came to Denver. Well, one of the big differences between that team and this one with Russell Wilson coming is you had coaching carryover from the year prior because John Fox was hired in 2011. It was one of the first moves John Elway made as the new football czar in Denver. And uh, you got that Tebow season. It was eight and eight, but they did win the division the year prior. Mike McCoy deserved some props for that 2011 season because he went from Kyle Orton to manufacturing the NFL's number one rushing offense in, you know, on the fly. You win the division, you upset the defending AFC champion Pittsburgh Steelers in the wild card. So you had some coaching juice, you had some coaching carryover. As you mentioned there, Zach, you don't have that this time. I mean, it's everything, dude. All, I mean, even George Payton, I guess you could maybe compare it and say it's kind of similar in that, hey, you had John Fox carry over, and now on this one you've got GM carry over. I don't know, but it is a question mark, no doubt. Yeah, and we all think you know, Hackett and Wilson will be good and lead the Broncos to success, but until that happens, we don't know for certain. That's still an unanswered question, and that's one of the biggest question marks I have going into the season. Golly, it really feels wow. good tonight. Everybody's just so excited, passionate, and Thank of you, course – generous yes thank you the duchess top rope number two tonight number two love it thank you so much seriously she says do you see us trading for a premier lineman during the season and i would assume michaela you're talking about offensive linemen right zach what do you think could you see the broncos making a move there and what would it what wouldn't be precipitating such a move I don't know, though, because you have backups at every spot. We don't know the – we can guess the starters, but they also have backups that they're high on. Like if uh, Dalton Reisner goes out, you have Natani Muti. If uh, Cushenberry comes out, you have Graham Glasgow. I mean, if Billy Turner goes out, you have Compton and Calvin Anderson. I don't see that happening barring injury, Michaela. I think uh, Butch Berry and Nathaniel Hackett, Justin Alton, are pretty happy with the players they have on the roster. We are very lucky. We have – Four, we got five individual Super Chats tonight in the magenta uh, color, and two of them come from Michaela. Two of them come from one of our newest superstars working his way up the chain, of course, uh, in Gregory. So love that. Thank you, guys, seriously, especially the desert. We've been walking the last six weeks. It means a lot to your football priest. So thank you. And you know what? My take on, on that topic, Michaela, is I think the Broncos – Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. I think the Broncos are going to be okay on the offensive line. My question mark is just like, who's going to be where and when does that get solidified? I think Dalton Reisner is going to answer the bell. You know, he's not the type of guy to back down when, you know, he faces adversity or there's an obstacle to be overcome. And he's got a couple of things working against him this time around where it's a new coaching staff. It's a new O-line coach. And he's being told up front, and he's heard the rumors that, you know, purportedly anyway, the Broncos tried to trade Dalton Reisner during the draft. He's heard all that. He's not the type to go quietly into that good night. He's going to step up, and I do foresee him winning the left guard job 
Lloyd Cushenberry, it sounds like it's his to lose, but don't sleep on the potential uh, for Graham Glasgow. Right guard, I'll be shocked if it's not Quinn Miners. And then, Zach, right tackle, you've got three options. I think the first thing is Billy Turner, because the coaches, not only the connection, right, he goes back with Outen and Hackett to Green Bay, but, you know, he's also got some experience protecting an elite quarterback by the name of Aaron Rodgers. So that gives coaches some comfort. But don't sleep, Zach, on Tom Compton. Natani Muti is a backup. There's so many good young players in Denver right now. It's just a matter of, hey, let them fight it out, try and get to that resolution the sooner the better i don't think they're going to need to do that barring some kind of catastrophic rash of injuries michaela the other thing michaela is if a team has a premier offensive lineman they're not want to trade them so easily those are really hard positions and players to find and lock down and uh the broncos just have to draft well and sign well and they hope uh, we hope that they signed a competent uh bunch of right tackles, at least the two they brought in, and we hope that they drafted well players like Natani Muti, Dalton Reisner. We'll see how it shakes out. Chase, I promised you we'd grab this. Let's grab it now. He wants to know, how do we like Christopher Allen, the undrafted rookie rush linebacker from Alabama, his chances to push Malik Reed off the roster? Zach, knowing that you know he still hasn't really been able to participate in jack squat because of his injury, hopefully that changes starting Wednesday, but what's your answer? I like Allen a lot. I think the Broncos got a steal in him as a UDFA, but he would have to look like the second coming of Von Miller to unseat a veteran and Malik Reed, who led the Broncos in sacks, what was it, two years ago? Mm-hmm. A year ago? I mean, so he's they brought him back, Reed, also for a reason. They tendered him. He's part of the rotation. He's healthy, and they don't have many healthy edge rushers right now. So uh, Allen could be in line for a practice squad spot if he can get healthy and get on the field. But to push, push Malik Reed off the roster, an established veteran, when you've lost your offseason because of the injury Chad mentioned, that's an uphill battle to climb. I think it's fight. a pretty, Zach, pretty safe bet to assume the floor for Allen is the practice squad just because of how much money they guaranteed him this year. Right. The only thing I could see fiddling with that equation is if he really just ends up being much farther behind schedule on his injury than they perhaps anticipated. But I don't know. I don't really feel like he's going to be that much of a threat early on. He might be a guy where, you know, he doesn't make the 53. They stash him on the squad An injury happens. One or two guys above him on the depth chart on the active roster. And, you're at week 10, week 11, you need to play him. You know, you call him up on one of those short-term, what do they call it now? I for, even forget the term where you can promote them. Not Is it promote? It's not promote. Ugh, I'm losing the word. But anyway, from the practice squad to the active roster for game day only, then they can bust them right back down to the practice squad without submitting them to waivers. They can do that twice. I wouldn't be surprised to see Christopher Allen make, the, make, a, make a debut in a scenario like that, but I'm definitely – not expecting big things from him just because he hasn't been healthy. Now, if we were talking about a purely healthy guy going into this conversation, first of all, he wouldn't have been undrafted. He would have actually been drafted somewhere between round four and five probably. Um, But he did get hurt early on last season, and that set him back. Yeah, that's the thing with him. When he was on the field at at Alabama, he was a a menace off the edge, but so rarely was he on the field because he dealt with such uh, major debilitating injuries. You know, Allen also might be a stash for 2023, considering the outside linebacker unit could look a lot different. You have Bradley Chubb on the fifth-year option. What's going to go on with Randy Gregory? He's going to stay healthy. You know, So there's a chance, I think, in the future for Allen, but in the short term, I don't see it. Yes, uh, I see some comments. Loving how active the chat is. 
we're loving it too. But let me tell you something as a couple of guys who've been down the road a few times with this great community, this is nothing compared to what it's going to be like when cleats are actually hitting the grass. They're going to be probably close to 10 times the number of people in these live chats starting Wednesday night. Uh, and it's just going to be, it's going to be a whirlwind. How he says points per game this year. How many Zach with all these new faces, what do you anticipate? I just pulled up the points per game leaders from last season and the Cowboys led the league in with 30.4 points per game. Second was Tampa Bay at 29.9 then Buffalo at 29.8. So I don't, it's going to take a lot to average 30 points a game. That's a really hard feat to hit when you have the instability or newness, I should say unfamiliarity on that Broncos offense. Maybe they'll, you know, get to that point later in the season, but I would say healthily, it's not a word, but about 25, 24, 25 points a game. If all things are clicking, you know, that's a lot of receiving weapons. Russell Wilson has to get down with. They have to manage the running attack versus the passing attack. Hackett has to show that he's the real deal as a play caller and a head coach. If all things come together, I'm going to keep it objective. Uh, 25 points per game. Scott, what's the magic number that separates the threats? Is it 24? I'm pretty sure it's 24 points per game. PPG is what. Um, you know, if you can get to 24 points per game, it takes you from being like a, you know, 500 threat to being pretty consistently in the playoff conversation. And I think this is a team that will probably average around 24 points. That's what I'm expecting. And, you know, if it ends up being more great, I can promise you it's not going to be, if it's less, very much less. Like the Broncos got close to that with guys like Drew Locke and, Teddy Bridgewater and even Trevor Simeon back in the day. So I think 24 is a pretty fair projection. The Duchess says, Gregory, Ro I need the syntax. What's Zach? What is it? What's she saying? I think she's saying Greg Dulcich, rookie of the year. It can't be Randy Gregory. So, oh, okay. I'm assuming. Let us know, Michaela. Is that what you're saying? But if that's the case, sometimes what happens too is we'll, we'll see a comment or a chat that we flash on the screen and we realize it's actually, there's some kind of, provenance connection to something a conversation taking place in the chat and when we're talking live off the top of our heads like this we don't always we're not always clued into that it's not that easy for us to catch up so if that's the case we apologize Michaela just clarify for us we're happy to answer Travis says the running back position we all feel that Williams Javante should be running back one yeah, dude, and I thought it was really interesting. Doug Farrar, a former Yahoo guy, now he works for USA Today's Touchdown Wire, he put Javante Williams at number three on his running back rankings and Ooh. panned basically all the teams that passed on him last year in the draft because he, of course, Pookie was the third running back drafted in the 2021 class, and how many teams are ruining that decision, I could promise you a fair number of them. But yeah, dude. It's going to be hard, even though Melvin Gordon is no joke. Like Melvin Gordon is a very good NFL running back, and he's still on the tail end of his prime. It's going to be very hard to keep Pookie on the sideline this year. I'm just telling you. It's nice to hear that Doug Farrar has ears, eyes, and a brain. I can see that Javante Williams should be the RB1, and he's that good. Number three in the NFL, it might be a little optimistic, but top 10 running back, I think for sure. And I don't understand any Broncos fan who still thinks Melvin Gordon should be the starter. I mean, it's a new day. It's a new era. It's Pookie's time. There is an article up at milehighhuddle.com talking about analyzing what Farrar said and some of his analysis on Pookie. Go read that, you guys, when you get some time. Uh, Phil says, how does the Broncos 
offensive playmakers stack up against the rest of the league. That's a pretty nice segue to something I wanted to bring up tonight anyway, Zach. One of our new writing interns at Mile High Huddle is this cat named Brennan Gross. And uh, my dude has some chops, and he published an article published he published an article over the weekend broncos offensive position groups ranked versus the afc west rivals and i'm just going to take you through this it's very very thorough and it's hard to pick nits in his takeaways and his analysis here but he's got at quarterback he's got kansas city it's hard to put anyone but patrick mahomes when it's patrick mahomes in your division zach it's hard to put anybody but kansas city at number one at quarterback denver number two chargers three Raiders four. There's a lot of people, though, Zach, that would flip-flop three and two. A lot of, especially from the national perspective, that's quarterback. Do you agree? Kansas City probably, in fairness, in a, trying to be as objective as possible, should rank number one in that particular position group in the in the division? A lot of people would flip-flop three and one. So many Chargers bandwagon yeah. <laughs> homers out there and fans. Um, yeah, I think Mahomes being a top you know, three quarterback at worst in the NFL, Andy Reid being a top five head coach at worst, Plus, you know, they lost Tyreek Hill, but they did add some good receiving talent to kind of counteract that. So until proven otherwise, they're the kings of the West. Until they get knocked off, yeah, number one. So then you then we get to running back. He's got Denver ranked number one with the Chargers, Austin Eckler and company at two, Vegas uh, at three, and the Chiefs at four. And I want to read this to you real quick, what he said about the Chiefs. Quote, this is Brennan Gross. The Chiefs may have the deepest group of average players at running back. Former first-rounder Clyde Edwards-Hilaire leads the room, who has not yet justified his draft pedigree. The Chiefs also signed Ronald Jones in free agency and re-signed Jarek McKinnon. So uh, he's got the Chiefs worst at running back, Denver number one. I would agree wholeheartedly, at least, with the number one ranking. I don't think any of the other three opponents can match Denver's running back prowess right now. Yeah, as a, a fan, a owner, a fantasy owner of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire the last couple of years, let me just say F him. I mean, he's been a major <laughs> bust. Yeah, Javante and, and Pookie, or Javante and uh, Melvin Gordon got to be number one. I do like Jarek McKinnon, though. I always have in the NFL. He's always been a playmaker to me, never really gotten the shine. I do like that uh, as a number two guy behind uh, CEH. Let's look at wide receiver as well. He's got the Raiders at number one, and he'll explain why. Denver two Raiders or uh, pardon Chargers at three Chiefs at four. But let's read why he's got the Raiders at one Devonte Adams, period. Then he says you could probably end the debate there, but they also have one of the best slot receivers in the league in Hunter Renfro. Keelan Cole rounds out the group as a decent third option. It's a fair argument, but Zach, I know he Adams and Carr go all the way back to college. I'm not buying that this cat's going to be as good and thrive as as well as he has the last few years, in particular in Green Bay, in Vegas without Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm not saying Adams sucks. Don't get me wrong. He's still probably going to be an elite wide receiver, but I don't think that they're better than the Broncos right now. That collection, like Renfro's legit. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the better slot cor- or, uh, receivers in the league. But when you look at it as a top three, I don't think Adams is good enough in a new environment to justify, say, you know, Keelan Cole being better than if your third if your third guy in Denver is Jerry Judy. Yeah, I disagree. I, I think as a whole, the Broncos have more receiving talent, but they don't have the uh, notoriety or, or the, the cachet as uh, Devontae Adams. I honestly think that Hunter Renfro can make more of a game-to-game impact. When you need the big play, he's amazing in the slot than Devontae. I agree with you. Leaving the Green Bay nest, leaving LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, 
I think he's in for kind of a rude awakening with Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr. Yeah, that's the other component is it's not just, hey, you know, he's returning with Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Well, what the heck is Josh McDaniels going to do? He's never really been impressive. First of all, he's never been impressive outside of the, you know, being under the wing of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You could maybe argue that last year, the last two years without Tom, that first year things started okay with Cam Newton. And then last year, you know, they, they got some pretty good results with Mac Jones, but nothing to write home about, nothing to write home about. That's the factor. But here's the names that Zach was referencing that have arrived in Kansas City to ostensibly replace or at least help in part replace the production of Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Marcus Valdez-Scantling, former Packer, and then Sky Moore. And then, hey, is, is this McCole Hardman's chance to kind of grow into being that guy? Tight end, Zach, hard to debate this one. Kansas City at number one, Vegas two. You got two all pros back-to-back in each one of those groups. Yeah. Denver three, that's fair. LA four. Let's let's jump real quick though down to offensive line. Chiefs at number one, according to Brandon Gross, mm. and Denver at number two. What say you? Oh, I think Denver should be number three. Quite honestly, I, I the Chargers lost Brian Bulaga at right tackle, but they picked up Zion Johnson for guard. Uh, they kept Bur, uh, Burrow Herbert upright pretty often last year. So collectively. If the Broncos make the right choices with the remaining four starting spots, by the end of the season, they could be up there. But right now, I'm going number three. Again, very, very good piece. It's a fun read. Very uh, interesting stuff. So go check that out from Brandon Gross at milehighheddle.com. Mike, throwing down a super chat. Thank you, Mike. He says, hello, gents. For the first time in years, I'm excited to watch some Broncos football. Hope our relevancy is put on the field this year. Amen. Big dog. Amen. I don't think you have to. I mean, of course, you're going to hope, but I think you should feel pretty confident, Zach, in in your hope. Yeah, I was going to say you don't have to hope because they already have, what, five primetime games. Every preseason game is nationally televised. They're getting the national spotlight again because of Russell Wilson. Yeah, you're going to see the Broncos back on the NFL map. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again and applies to the Broncos. The opposite of love is not hate. It's apathy, and people were completely apathetic to the Broncos since Peyton Manning walked away. That is about to change. By the way, the aggregate, I I should have tied this in a bow from uh, Brennan's piece. Aggregate offensive rankings, he's got Denver at number one with an average ranking of two on the dot, 2.0. Kansas City at number two with an average ranking of 2.2. Vegas at three, average ranking of 2.8. And then the Chargers at four, average ranking 3.0. So for what that's worth, we'll see if it comes out on the wash that way. But I'm inclined to agree that this is a team, you know, the the NFL is still very much sleeping on. Everybody wants to crown the Chargers. The conversation really from any plausible, credible NFL analyst, when you talk about the AFC West, yeah, it's fun to talk Raiders, fun to talk Chargers and what could be with Justin Herbert. But it really comes down to Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's going to be the arms race, I think, in the West. And now with Russell Wilson under center, there's a chance the Broncos can finally win that competition. That's what's so exciting about this season. Lawrence says, uh, good evening. He's just finishing up some errands, just trying to listen. Very cool, dude. Appreciate that, my friend. And the stars, the throwdown, the check-in. Appreciate that, big dog. Be careful driving. Uh, eyes on the road, okay? Eyes on the road. You know you know what's up. Um, okay, we're sitting here, Zach, at 41 minutes. Um, any last burning topics, guys, get them in the chat, and we will get to them. But 
Anything else, Zach, that we have? I mean, we've talked about the O-line as a question mark for this team entering camp. We've talked about, for you especially, some of the cornerback depth is um, worrisome, or at least you want some clarity there. What about the coaching staff? We haven't really dwelt too much on the relative, and I use that word for a reason, inexperience of the Nathaniel Hackett coaching staff because let me remind everybody, and this isn't me trying to, you know, harsh your buzz here. Nathaniel Hackett, first-time head coach. All right, cool. Justin Outen, first-time offensive coordinator. All right, cool. Ajiro Evero, first-time D.C. Dwayne Stukes, first-time special teams coordinator. So that's a lot of first-time there, Zach. Is Russell Wilson enough to bridge that first-time trial and error that you got to expect from any first-time collection of coaches like that? For Hackett and Outen, yeah, but I don't think, you know, Russell Wilson can cover every wart on the team just by being Russell Wilson. I mean, he's not going to help out special teams if they have a disaster. Um, so, yeah, it falls on the coaching staff, you know, individually, their side of the ball, special teams, defense, and offense to get their players right and to be the real deal. George Payton put a ton of faith in these up-and-coming younger coaches, ascending coaches, and they have to prove that faith correct. Uh, K-Hop says, who is the Broncos punt returner? Is it K.J. Hamler or is it Montreal Washington, Zach? Uh, K.J. Montreal or Mike Boone as a wild card. But I think they're going to get the juice out of Montreal. Uh, and K.J., I don't think they pushed him, Chad, coming off that injury. I, I wouldn't run him out there for extra duty just yet, just to keep him healthy for offense. So I think Montreal or uh, Mike Boone. The man to beat is Montreal Washington because just based on what the coaches have said since they drafted him, like – he was basically drafted to be their answer at return, especially in the wake of letting Deontay Spencer hit the bricks. Obviously, Hackett and uh, Dwayne Stukes weren't too stoked on, on him. They let him depart in free agency, and so they needed to solve that. KJ's health still up in the air. He's also a former second-round pick. How much do you want that guy returning punts? That's a pretty sketchy job description. So that's why Montreal Washington was drafted. So it's his job to lose, if we're being honest. The only thing I could see happening is he either is not equal to his opportunity, which doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. He seems like he's got good heart and a, and a solid uh, football IQ or injury to Montreal. One of those two things. Otherwise, I think he's your he's your returner. And I want to dovetail to this question about Kyle because it's appropriate what we're talking about right now. Kyle asked, do you expect our special teams to improve this year over last year by how much? I mean, it's it's tough to not improve on Tomic Man, considering how bad he really was on that side of the ball. I'm a big Dwayne Stukes guy, though, Chad. I don't know much about him before the Broncos hired him, but man, his attitude, his intensity, his uh, the accountability that uh, he projects, the responsibility, holding players accountable for every job and and you know, chore uh, they have on that side of the ball. I think they're going to be improved by that basis alone. But there's also question marks there too. McManus is the kicker. Is Sam Martin the punter? We just talked about punt returner. Who's the kick returner? I mean, long snapper. They're auditioning for that as well. There's a lot of questions Dwayne Stukes has to handle on his own. And being a first-time guy, how's he going to meet those uh, demands? I mean, Eric Trickle predicted uh, Corliss Waitman to replace Sam Martin at punter. Broncos can save a couple million on the cap. if, And that's why they brought Waitman. Is, is it Waitman or Watman? It's Waitman. Now, yeah, yeah, Waitman. Uh, but that's why they brought him in was because, hey, let's give this guy a sniff to see if he could be better than our very average punter. Because if he turns out to be better than our very average punter, we can save some serious dollars um, on the salary cap. But, yeah, Dwayne Stukes, it's going to be better. 
I'm telling you right now, dude, he, one thing that he has that none of the other coordinators have, at least at the NFL level, he's a former player and he's an intense cat, dude. You do not want to let that man down. You know, one of the things that um, kind of dominated what the Vic Fangio regime is going to be remembered for is its lack of accountability, both within the coaching staff and holding players accountable, not named Drew Locke. And uh, that's not going to be a problem, Zach, for Dwayne Stukes. And that's good. Guys need to not only be held accountable by leadership, but when that's happening with consistency, what you find is it takes on a life of its own and the dudes start ta- you know, holding each other accountable, and that's when you really got something special. Now, is this going to be the best special team we've ever seen? I'm not going to go that far. You know, let's like keep it in check. But I, I feel pretty confident saying Dwayne Stukes is going to improve this, uh, this phase. Yeah, it's a far cry from uh, the Brock Olivo, Tom McMahon years. And the Broncos haven't had a great special teams coordinator since uh, Joe DeCamillis, you know? So mm-hmm. I think Dwayne Stukes can get back on that level. And also the personnel on that side of the ball has improved. So uh, another hat tip to George Payton for doing well to make the Broncos better. Guys, thank you. Travis, thank you, big dog. Appreciate you being with us. Each and every one of you for making this a very lively chat. We moved through it very fast. We're going to get out of here a little bit early tonight, but I would guess we'll see how it shakes out tomorrow, Zach, on Monday. But this is the week where I think it's going to be hard getting off at the hour point like it normally is for us because the chat's just on fire and there's so many storylines because football's back, baby. Thank the football gods. Yeah, I don't mind. I love talking Broncos football, Mm -hmm. as do you, and uh, time flies anyway, so I'd rather have more to talk about than less to talk about. Can't wait to get out of this desert. We are a few days away from getting that sweet, sweet H2O, baby. Amen. If you wouldn't mind, you do our, uh, you know, the yes, drill and I'll pull up our shout outs for tonight. Yes, sir. That was the Mile High Huddle podcast. Thank you all for tuning in with us. We're back on tomorrow night, same time, same place, six o'clock mountain, eight o'clock Eastern. Until that time, though, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, our producer Scott at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, please go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some merchandise. All new merch coming soon. Renovated site up and running very crisply. Look at it if you can. Appreciate it, guys. And facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. Guys, if you haven't by now, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a shot to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, as you see ticking below you, do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel, it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Before the shout-outs, I would be remiss to not make sure everybody knows how to listen to the Mile High Huddle show every day, the radio show. If you're not in Denver, let not your heart be troubled. You can stream our show, which is every weekday, 2 p.m. Mountain to 3 p.m., that one hour. Uh, it's 98 one, uh, 98.1 FM if you're in the Denver area. But if you're not, I'm going to put a link in the chat right here, guys, and I would suggest that you bookmark this, all right? I just put it in the chat. It's the live listen player for Mile High Sports Radio, all right? So go check that out and just bookmark it, knowing that we're going to be doing our thing. It's it's a radio version of your football priest, what we do, but within kind of a radio format and Zach and I, in our first week, last week, we had a blast doing it. 
And so many people, Zach, the first two or three days were like, how do we listen if we're not in Denver? We're like, oh, let's figure this out. Finally, we got the information we needed. So you can listen online. It's really, really easy. So just bookmark the link I just put in the chat and you won't have any problems whatsoever. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight supporting the Mile High Huddle podcast, starting with Gregory. Appreciate you, buddy. Michaela, Boise Man, Jeff, Jason, the Queen, and Mike. That rounds out the Super Chat superstars. And then our supporters on Facebook. Oh, it wants to be slow. Bear with me one second. It's, it's pulling up. Facebook is just always a little bit slow. Uh, shout out to these great supporters. Travis Weber, Howie Frickin' Day, uh, Phil McLaughlin, Gary Leeds Palmer, Lawrence Rivera. Much love and respect. We'll be shouting out and tagging those of you that we are connected with on Twitter after the show. So thank you. Love you. See you all tomorrow, guys. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.